is. Okay, great, awesome, killer. Uh, I gotta. Oh, I forgot. I gotta tell. Uh... Silence all your notifications. I know, right? Do 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 do. I gotta let her know. There we go. And yes, uh, the thing on this is correct. And surprisingly and scary, it took me like three tries to get the name on it because it kept on logging me out of uh, the stream. So the Chinese genocide, uh, which... There's a lot of stuff going on uh, on about it, and one of the main things is uh, because the Olympics are happening in Beijing, one, our U.S. officials, anybody that's like uh, government officials, will not be going to the event, which, surprise, surprise. Uh, and another thing is, is all uh, participants that are the athletes – cannot say anything about the genocide or human rights violation. And it's also noteworthy <clears throat> that as you were setting up the live, it kicked you out twice, logged you out completely from YouTube when you entered Chinese genocide. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, really weird. Surprised we don't have like a phenomenon. Do, 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 do. I'm really surprised that we don't have like uh, more viewers on this since we put it in. Oh, uh, Marie is already here. Awesome. So we got three watching, practically me and you and Maria. So all three of us, which is really strange on the live ones because I'm looking at. Let me look at the details on this from the last one. Um, we get. We get a little bit more on our live shows. It, it, and and this is like people going in and watching it afterwards. Which I, I think it's just because they want to see us fuck up. So They don't believe that um, the edit button button is uh, grayed out whenever you go through. and <laughs> what, what, what you see during our regular episodes that you watch. I edit. Really? The the regular shows and everything like that. I, I, I edit me walking to my chair. Oh, well, okay, so the before stuff. and afters, yeah. But basically what you see on those episodes is one continuous shot. There's no herky-jerks. There's no time time stamp discrepancies. It if, if if we screw up, we screw up. It's out there, but, you know. Hey. Yeah, we do that on the editing. I mean, very rarely. I, I think I only had to go through and edit, like, three episodes mm -hmm. and the only edit well four technically and the the first one that we've done that i had a uh edit was the four hour one yeah well out of like the what hundred something episodes that we've had only four edits i think this is our 180th yeah so almost of, of, a total of episodes. To almost 200 episodes you've only edited four yeah, so. that's 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 showing that how much that we. What are you hiding, David? <laughs> <laughs> like, You'd be surprised. Mm -hmm. 
but uh no um i i ended up it was just total accident of uh when when i think it was like last episode hold on hold on hold on saying g yeah okay but it was i think it was like uh last episode to where it was uh it, it the this bittersweet winners and now i i can actually do this right now i'm gonna put this in our bio or description and uh there's se- several uh stuff in the uh i can this this is the great thing about this is you can actually follow with this if i do it fast enough and uh i'll save it and i'll put it in the description to where you can read along with us of all the stuff that we're looking at right now uh but this is another strange thing and this has happened uh uh, 2003 it started happening Mm -hmm. and it's the muslim community that they're doing uh, mostly hardcore with this. Uh, they're changing change their religion. They're saying it's too uh, radical. Right. Uh, but um, let me see the killing fields. Okay. Uh, for the first time as a resp- uh, respected scholar in his community, uh, is coming out about his experience in the camps complete so uh, large it's terrifying uh, camp comp- complex is uh, terrifying supposedly a hundred thousand prisoners are locked up uh, just east of uh, Zhengjing uh, Zhengjing's capital would you stop doing that one more freaking <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that so many times before it's not even funny <laughs> luckily Maria is in our secret uh, group so she can see that but anyways uh, it's actually in the province of uh, Yagars uh, it jumped from 46% and the growth of that uh, through this Chinese government sponsored immigration program uh aimed at uh centerization centerization or centerization it's let me get my speaking spell ah what are you what are you doing there you go no no dang it no messing up see this is this is live, and even though we're doing it live, we still have the. See the the Chinese have internment camps, and they 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 sit. See the, the Chinese have internment camps, and they 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 sit. Mute button. There we go. Good job. Um, they they're called the Chinese call them vocational education and training centers. Yeah, which in 2018 they made it legal, so it's perfectly fine. Oh, it's perfectly fine there. Even though they torture. Uh, murder. Well, people. it was a policy announced in 2014, actually, and the camps have been criticized for uh, alleged human rights abuses, uh, including mistreatment, rape, torture. Uh, there's a lot of governments around the world and human rights organizations, some of them alleging genocide. Some 40 countries around the world have called on China to respect human rights of the, uh, I'm just going to butcher it, the, the Yaghur 
community. I'm just, yeah, there we go. I'm not Chinese. Yeah. Um, Including countries like Canada, Germany, Turkey, Honduras, and Japan. Uh, The governments of more than 35 countries have expressed support for China's government. And (laughs) I kind of want to know what governments those are. But. Hold on, hold on. Weavers. Weavers. That's a pronunciation of that. Really? Yeah, that. I'll, I'll do it again. Weavers. Weavers. Okay. Yeah. There's no V there, but whatever. Um, camps were started in 2017. Um, the general secretary is Xi Jinping. Jinping. There we go. Jinping. Panda. Um, no, no, no. It, it was uh, Winnie the Pooh. Operations. Winnie the Pooh is an English thing. No, no, no. They. You didn't hear that? They, Let they, me finish this thought. Okay. Operations are, are led by the uh, then Chen Quango. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, he's a CCC uh, member of the Politburo, or Politburo, which is basically communist version of a Congress. Um, and a committee secretary who leads the region's party committee and government. Uh, camps were reportedly operated outside the Chinese legal system. Uh, many of the weavers have reportedly been interred without trial, and no charges have been levied against them. Uh, they're basically being detained, uh, if, if we're speaking Wichita County government ease. Um, local authorities are reportedly holding hundreds of thousands of weavers in these camps, as well as members of other ethnic minority groups in China, for the stated purpose of countering extremism and terrorism and promoting social integration. Um, Basically, what he's trying to say is Hitler. Well, no, 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 no. Hitler made absolutely no bones about it. They, he, he approached the Jewish community of the com- countries that they occupied to include Germany, that, you know, they, they viewed the Jewish community as a problem. Hence the reason why they called it the final solution. Okay. Uh, okay, we're 10 minutes out. I can say it. Uh, <laughs> could, you, could you imagine if they just totally botched it? Like, uh, instead of saying... If you're referring to the TikTok video where they were thinking Hitler maybe said he wanted a glass of juice. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, <laughs> But the internment of the weavers and other Turkic uh, Muslims in the, in the camps constitutes the largest scale arbitrary detention of ethnic and religious minorities since World War II. Now, that's the only parallel that it draws. Yeah. Okay. Um, but as of 2020, it was estimated that Chinese authorities have detained up to 1.8 million people, mostly weavers, but also including uh, Kazakhs, uh, Kairos, and other Turkic Muslims, Christians, as well as some foreign citizens including Kazakhstanis uh, in these secretive internment camps throughout, located throughout the region. Um, in May 2018, Randall Shriver, or, uh, Shiver, Shriver, uh, U.S. Uh, Assistant Secretary of Defense for Indo-Pacific Security Affairs, that is a long-ass job title name, yeah. uh, said that at least a million but likely closer to three million citizens were imprisoned in detention centers, which he described as concentration camps. Now, we know that on the surface that is exactly what these are aimed to be. Yeah, concentration camps. But I think at the time they were using the word, the term 
concentration camp is kind of like uh they were using the term uh re-education camp well no i'm saying our guy used oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. concentration camps as more of a he used it more for shock value to kind of bring a wider broad you know wider span of attention to focus you know down on these on these camps and the practices that the government was going through um i mean the way that 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 china is kind of operating these things now is basically kind of tantamount to the 21st century version of the iron curtain because when before the soviet union fell they 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 were referred to as the iron curtain anything east of the berlin wall and what we affectionately referred to as the Warsaw Pact uh, countries, anything and everything that occurred in there generally was not known. Um, this was way before social media. It was definitely before wide use of the uh, of the internet, as far as like a information, you know, true information sharing site, um, you know, or, or or place, you know, like we do today. But. Um, you know, the Chinese, I mean, they got to step that up, you know, uh, obviously, and they knew that going into it because they have things like the Internet. Even though they may try to block every IP, you know, or ISP and restrict, you know, under state orders what content comes in and what content goes out. This uh, might actually slip through. I'm, I would be surprised. Well, I mean, e even with the pomp and circumstance that North Korea puts on, Whenever visitors are allowed, I mean, they, they, you know, I mean, there's, there's only so much shine you can put on a turd. Yeah. You're not, you're never going to get a turd to, to, to spit shine and at all, period. It, it's, at best, it might have a, a, uh, a lackluster glow at best, you know, but you're still going to be able to see through through the veneer and you i think what, that's exactly what's going on is that they've got enough people that 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 have a tent you know that have knowledge of these things and you know, you know what though that really surprises me about uh like it's not gonzo journal but investigation journalists investigative journalism yeah there's one guy that's gotten into like really weird spot that's able to like a uh, report on the a lot of the stuff that's been going on, like North Korea and places like that. Mm -hmm. Guess who it is? Henry Rollins. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's so weird. Well, when he retired from the music industry, he had to focus that that, that intense energy that he had on the stage. He had to focus it somewhere. So He he, he does, like, uh, investigation reporting. He'll, he'll go in and uh, mm -hmm. it's like he's gotten into North Korea. He's gotten into China. Yeah. reporting on all the horrible stuff. Yeah, and and it's I mean everybody knows. Everybody knows about North Korea, the crap that goes on there. Everybody knows about China and about 75 to 80% of the crap that goes on there. Uh and on vice versa, I mean all the stuff that goes on with our government, i.e. the CIA black sites, Skunk Works program at, at, at you know, with Lockheed Martin. MKUltra, which just went over. Yeah, well, MKUltra. But, I mean, all of that has been, a lot of that has been heavily redacted. But still, I mean, it's still available through the Freedom of Information Act. But 
the deep, deep state that runs a lot of our governments worldwide, they've, they've managed to keep everything, um, you know, for the most part, with the exception of the fact that people know that there's a deep state out there. Yeah. Nobody really knows anything. But with the Chinese, I mean, we know about their two-child rule or one-child rule. And and if you have more than the number of girls that you're allotted, you know, one of them is ushered off somewhere. Um, you know, it, it, it it's just... Uh, Somewhere in, in an office building in Beijing, there is some government official sweating it right now because every time something else comes out about this, um, but I mean, every time something comes out, I mean, even if it's even if it's unfounded, if it's even remotely close to being the truth. You, you have to imagine that there's some government official that is pointing the finger at a low-rung, you know, low-rung, you know, government employee, and that dude is never seen again, ever. Well, that, that's what usually happens. And now it's uh, another strange thing that actually happens, and they're being, being thought of uh, human rights violations on this, too, is the uh, execution bans. Yeah. I mean... With a country of something like to the tune of 6 billion people, if I remember correctly, if, if that's what the last number was as far as China's population was concerned. But um, you know that it, it, it's they're, they're, the government is so full of themselves and just big enough uh -huh. to where they think they can get away with it without anybody saying anything. I mean, the, the citizenry knows what's going on. The government knows what's going on because somebody is giving that order. And it, I think they said, um, that the, because I remember when I was in, they said that if everybody in the United States military was sniper qualified, we wouldn't have enough rounds to one-shot, one-kill everybody in the Chinese army. That's why we get nukes. Yeah, but now you've got these rogue states like Pakistan, India. You know, they're developing... Um, yeah, it's one of those things that the, uh, of having a, a bigger stick sometimes doesn't... just shows that you have... Oh, everybody's having a bigger stick now. It used to be that whenever the two superpowers, and I'm talking about us and the Soviet Union, we had enough arsenal, nuclear arsenal, to destroy the world a hundred times over. Yeah. It was called assured mutual destruction. And for the longest time, that was the one thing that kept us in the Armageddon clock from striking midnight. Or the doomsday clock, rather, which surprises me. Surprised me because I watched Watchmen, and I was like, "Oh, that's cute." And then I started doing a little research. 
an actual thing. They actually yeah. have a doomsday clock. Yeah, there's there's a there's a committee. They meet once a year, or sometimes twice a year. Um, Why would say that right now? I was just about to look that up. Let's see here. The doomsday clock. A hundred seconds to midnight. <laughs> I think at one point it was like 60 seconds to midnight. And, it, and I mean, to be honest with you, it really kind of used to be a big thing. There was a, a, a periodical that was uh, published by them. And it would come out. I mean, and it was just... I mean, today, now, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it, it's more or less, it's just a really poor illustration as to what the state of the world is in. Yeah. So, you know, and especially right now to the point where because of all the pandemic stuff and Europe right now being under siege with their own people. Uh, that's another thing a lot of people don't talk about is literally all the riots that are happening in uh, Europe right now. Uh, Italy, Greece, uh, Norway. What's the other one? And that whole thing with uh, Russia and Ukraine right now. I mean, I want I want to say that we are about to hit World War Three with all the stuff that we're looking at right now, but hopefully because we, I don't know if we sent troops. I think we sent like, no. Biden he's going to posture and Biden's going to say this. He's going to say he's basically talking out of his ass. I don't think our current commander in chief and I use that term very loosely. I don't think he's got the balls to do anything. And well, I think every world leader in this on this planet knows it. Well, it right now it's not the Biden administration even thinking about doing it. It's because what a lot of people don't understand, it takes an act of Congress the call upon war. I understand that. But the president has powers to deploy troops up to a certain strength for a certain determinate amount of time before he requires congressional approval to extend said deployment and or declare a state of war. Yeah. Well, another thing that just happened recently, too, is uh, the diplomats for Ukraine. Yeah, all the Russian diplomats have been pulled from the Ukrainian uh, embassy. And ours. Yeah, and ours. Um, And then there's some governments that are standing fast. They're just kind of waiting it out. Yeah. But... Russia is going to retake the Ukraine. Pure, pure, plain and simple. We see it as, I mean, the, the writing is on the wall. They're going to retake the Ukraine. And, I, you know, honestly, at this point, until we get somebody in the Oval Office that understands military tactics, appreciates what the military can do, and has the wherewithal to get the hell out of the military's way and let them conduct business, yeah, it's going to be kind of hectic. I mean, the last time we had something like that. You don't need to go get involved in anything. Yeah, the last and, time and, and, we had hate, something like that was World War II, though. Yeah, and, right. But here's the thing. We were forced into World War II. Yeah. Okay. 
We were forced into World War II. Now that you are going to have those conspiracy theories that FDR knew what it, knew it was coming and he didn't do anything about it because he was looking for a way to get into the war, blah, blah, blah. You mean like 9-11? People are saying that too? It, it, Anyways, we're not talking yeah. about 9-11. Uh, keep on going. Those tinfoil hats, those the, the force is strong with those. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we... We need to take more of a kind of an American for America first stance right now. We need to figure out our own shit before we start redeploying our guys to to these battlefields or potential battlefields or even staging up for a battlefield. Because right now with the current administration and the mindset in Washington, period, with everybody freaking losing their minds... There, I mean, are, the the rules of engagement are going to be so hampering. Yeah, it's going to be going into this fight literally blindfolded with both hands tied behind our back, and they're going to be expecting us to win the day. Yeah, uh, but what's really strange on that? Just reviewing history and everything like that. It seems that it it actually is repeating itself into a a little bit of way because. During the first half before World War One and mm-hmm. and World War Two, everybody wanted to be you know in that socialistic ideology. No, okay, you 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 I understand where you're trying to go with this, but it wasn't a socialistic ideology that kept us out of World War One at first. Okay, because at the time, the oh, way- I think that was the Second World War. I'm, I'm, did, okay, I'm, go, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, with World War One. And even to an extent, for the most part, World War II. The society was a lot different back then. We were not a world community, for the lack of a better term. Yeah. Okay. We had, uh, it was just, it was the brand new turn of a century. We're still trying to get shit figured out in America. <coughs> trying to get going in a right direction. We're trying to establish ourselves as a world power. And yeah, you've got some of our men that were rushing off and enlisting in the Canadian Army, or they were listening and enlisting in the in the British armies, and and they were going off to fight these battles, and they were even some of them enlisting in the French you know, French armies mm-hmm. to fight the Germans because these guys they loved freedom and they heard the call of battle and they answered it. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not laying off of that, okay. But <clears throat> with there was nothing socialistic about it. What brought us into World War One was when our American supply ships were being targeted <coughs> by a very primitive German Navy to include their very, very rudimentary U-boats. Sorry. What pulled us into World War Two ultimately was or the final straw that pulled us into World War II ultimately was the attack against Pearl Harbor by the Japanese. And just because the Japanese were allied with the Germans, that's what necessitated us going over to the European theater as opposed to focusing all of our might on the Pacific theater. So, I mean, we had been getting... I mean, we had German U-boats sitting off the coast of uh, off the eastern seaboard taking pictures of the New York skyline through their periscopes. We had German U-boats off the coast of Florida, looking at the looking at Miami, 
I mean, so the Germans, they were, they, they basically ruled the Atlantic. And it was through our, 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 uh, our convoys, our, our armadas that were going through, taking supplies and things like that. I mean, those ships were getting sunk, but FDR wasn't, he, he just, you know, he was like, hey, look, we're just trying to fund their war effort kind of a thing. It's a, when we were directly attacked on our mainland that pulled us into World War II, ultimately. Um, yeah, and but as far as socialistic ideologies, because that's where uh, FDR did the well, that's what FDR did to pull us out of the depression, you know, quote unquote, pull us out of the depression. All he did was grow the size of government and it depreciated the value or the, the it, it basically depreciated the world economy to where the American economy could keep, you know, could catch up. That's what it did. Um, I mean, it, it, with all of these public works programs that FDR created, like the Tennessee Valley Authority, things of that nature, the Hoover Dam Project, all that, and even introducing Social Security. We discussed this last week during yeah. our What the Hell episode. It, it's in the name, social. It's a socialized program. And FDR, I mean... The dude was a socialist, pure, plain, and simple. He ran as a Democrat, but by God, he was a socialist. Yeah, he he was he was all about it, and we started getting away from socialism, kind of, during the fifties, during the McCarthy, um, uh, during the McCarthy, uh, not presidency because McCarthy was never president, but during the McCarthy era, when he was running these uh, big, huge congressional investigation panels. You know, seeking out communists. You know, it was called the Red Scare. Yeah. If if they found out that you were a communist, or they you know they deemed that you were a communist, you were blackballed, and Hollywood was running scared because Hollywood at the time it was chock full of socialists and communists. After World War One, Britain cracked down on the socialist movement because you had a lot of veterans coming back from from Europe. That just. For whatever reason, they lost their shit and decided that communism would be a better form of government. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, because, <laughs> I mean, for the most part, well, no, not for the most part, but any true socialistic or socialist society, any truest, you know, the truest sense of the term socialist, any, any government that attempted to embrace socialism failed failed throughout the course of human history yeah every it, it it's so ridiculous that everybody wants to go to that as a prompt too and you have countries like venezuela uh, i mean cuba cuba was cuba. a communist socialist nation and i mean they they I mean, when they finally, when we finally open Cuba back up to the, you know, to the United States, you want to talk about the classic car collectors that are going to flock to that island? Yeah. It's, I mean, they've been driving fifties and sixties models, Chevys and Buicks, and you know, I mean, it, dude, it's a haven for classic cars. But as far as the bodies are concerned, but you know, it socialism is not not the way to go. I mean, I mean, you could look at China. China, they're a communist nation, pure, plain, and simple. They are a communist nation. They have a party. They have a Politburo. They practice free capital 
you know, a, a, a free market capitalism. They have to in order to, to, to be able to afford to do the things that they do on the world economic stage. Yeah, absolutely. Why do you think, uh, you know, and I think a lot of sci-fi writers have it right because if you notice that that's a recurring theme that throughout this futuretopia, you know, that they, that they, these different sci-fi writers are, are painting, the predominant language is Chinese. And English. And English. <clears throat> like even in Firefly. Yeah. You know, um, and if you paid attention to the uh, to the Matrix, and yeah, I did watch the Resurrection movie. wasn't that impressed with it. No, but the, the Matrix code full of Mandarin characters. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm just, I mean, the only futuristic society that we saw or that we see that doesn't have a predominantly heavy Chinese presence is the Star Trek universe. Because, and this just goes to show how big of a dork I am, the, 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 the standard language for Starfleet is English. Yeah. So, but... That all aside, you know, back back to real world stuff here. I mean, what the Chinese are doing, in fact, doing, yeah. I mean, they're they're eliminating these Muslims, and yeah, they're reeducating the ones that they can reeducate, but they will never be allowed to return to normal society ever again. They will live out the rest of their miserable lives being slaves to the Chinese government, and at the end of their life, at the end of their usefulness, they will catch one round in the back of the head, and their bodies will be unceremoniously dumped into a mass grave. No. They they already already know what they do with the bodies. What they do with the bodies is if someone needs a kidney or something like that, that's where they go to. Well, okay, they're going to harvest what they can off of these people. Yeah, then, and, 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 uh, and then they're going to be put in a mass grave. But they're going to catch a bullet to the back of the head. Yeah, and then they're going to get harvested, and then then they're going to be disposed of. These people, once they are abducted and they go to these camps, they, they cease to exist. Their, their, their existence on this plane officially ends. Yeah, and... And if there's anything that the Chinese may do efficiently besides try to take over the world through an economic means, it's running these camps because these people, they are gone. Yeah. And if, that, that, and if the families of these, of these uh, abductees speak out or say anything... They're brought to the camps. They're brought to the camps. And they're brought to a different camp. They don't reunite families in these camps. No. No. I mean, when, once you once you get that black bag thrown over the over your head, the next time you see daylight will be the inside of that barbed wire fence. And you will never see the outside of it again. You will never know what that soil feels like. And any degree of happiness. Gone. Gone. Because you know that you... We'll die there. Yeah, that's that's the problem with a lot of people they don't understand. And uh, I've actually talked to s some people, and they're, they're like, oh, good, because they're doing it to Muslims. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Because those are humans. It, it, that, it doesn't matter religion or anything like that. It doesn't matter if... Uh, it's not Muslims that we have a problem with. It's the extremists. Yeah. And what the Chinese are doing is they're taking... They're taking an aggressively proactive approach to it, and I think in a lot of ways, 
that's very detrimental. Um, just like FDR during the 40s when Pearl Harbor was bombed, he interred millions of Japanese Americans. Yeah. Okay. Um, that did nothing but sow seeds of dissent. Um, what's his name? George Takei? Takai. Takai, yeah. Um, no, he pronounces it Takei. Like, really? Like, I'm gay. That's what he said. when they During the roast of William Shatner, he goes in, it's pronounced Takei, as in I'm gay. No. Right. Okay. So when George Takei, he, on his Twitter, he went from being a mildly entertaining personality to just complete and utter miserable malcontent troll. And when the I when when the subject of Japanese reparations came up, yeah, he as a child he was a member of the of a family that was interred in a camp in California, but homeboy, oh that was seventy almost eighty years ago. I mean, come on, man, seriously, let it go. The government apologized. Um, you you went on to lead a very rich life to say that you are being oppressed dude come on seriously that's a stretch you're just you're playing that victim card for all it's worth and everybody knows that you are a shit actor the one role that you were destined to play you played very well and then after your 15 minutes was up go away don't 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 sully the character you know I mean, he he does voice acting stuff now. Like, uh, he played the uh, he played the secret protagonist uh, in in Hit Monkey on Hulu. Hit Monkey. You never watched Hit Monkey? No. Oh man, look it up on Hulu. Marvel's Hit Monkey. Dude, it's a great series. It's a great comic book. It's dark for a Marvel title. It's dark. But uh, yeah, it's a great show, man. Jason Sudeikis uh, does the voice of the main guy, um, and uh, Maria said she lost us on live. Really? Yeah. We're still on live. Yeah, we're s still streaming. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah, we're still streaming. Huh. Yeah, we're still we're still. Uh, uh, I guess it was just, she well, can't hear Well, I don't us. know unless try, <coughs> unless YouTube figured it out. Which I told you to use Tricom, not China. Fucking big red flag! Look at you, dude. Uh, no. Uh, here we go. Yeah, I'm trying. I refreshed the page, and we've got nothing right now. Really? Yeah, it's just. It's buffering. I got one watching. That is so weird. Let me let me check the. We're still going live, so that's weird. <laughs> that is so weird. Angry me has officially pissed off the YouTube gods. Apparently. Well, it's it, it it's weird, but it's still going live. Um, so. yeah. See, this is the screen I've got, and I'm back. Okay, 
Yeah, we can. Okay, there we go. Now I'm back. Yeah, Maria, you're back. Okay, great. That is so weird. All right, so awesome. So if we lost anybody, my bad. Uh, technical dick if we I saw that we got our bot spammer in there. No, but what I was going to say is historically, uh, Japanese culture in Texas is actually well welcome. Yeah, well, in Texas. I yeah. Mean, but. And you know why for that, right? Please enlighten me. The Texas uh, 10, uh, 141 oh, was yeah, trapped yeah. behind enemy lines. Yeah, the 101st Infantry Regiment, yeah. Yeah, they were trapped behind enemy lines. Yeah, the most decorated unit in World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they were helped out by the uh, full uh, Japanese uh, uh, army that volunteered and... The last bit of them, all 12 of them, uh, were honorary Texans. Yeah. So, but with the, uh, you know, it that was the only example of internment that we saw during the 20th, I mean, I mean, as, you know, I mean, yeah, we saw the Germans do it, but as far as domestically. Now, we know that we've got these extradition sites that the CIA and the NSA have set up, but I don't know, man. It, it, with, the, with the Chinese, with what they're doing is, I mean, obviously it's not good. <coughs> yeah, thank you. That was one of those, like, uh, kick your chest in, kind of cave your rib cage in sneezes. Yeah. Um, but with uh, what China is basically doing with, uh, with these encampments and everything, it's it it literally is coming back to the point where uh, we're looking at Nazi Germany. Well, I, I think too a lot of it is what they're trying to do is population control. I think that that's one of their goals. It's yeah, it may be a secondary goal, but it's population control. Pure, plain, and simple. I mean, that's all there is to it. I mean, and, and plus the fact that they're still trying to assert themselves as being the biggest kid on the playground. Like, if you talk smack to me, I'm going to put you down. But I'm going to put you down like a dog. You yeah. know, that kind of a thing. Um, I mean, that's that's the whole idea with the uh, uh, execution bans. It's yeah. supposed to be cheaper and more efficient and... But <clears throat> I'm a little on crosswords, uh, crossroads on that one, though, because looking at the data, it looks like it's a cheaper form and everything like that, and it's a little bit at its human. purest, basic, most elemental, comp you know, chemical composition. It's still state-sponsored murder. It's no different than what Stalin did to damn near f like 30-something million of his own citizens. Yeah. God, yeah, fuck. What was it, 60 million? So it was close to that. Yeah. But that, that... But the funny thing about Stalin is that when Stalin died, 
He died of food. He died of food poisoning. Somebody poisoned his food. Right. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Um, and I don't know if you remember this name or not, Boris Yeltsin. No, the guy just recently almost died of food poisoning. Well, Boris Yeltsin took over as president of this of of the of Russia after uh, Mikhail Gorbachev stepped down. Mm-hmm. Boris Yeltsin was in that house when Stalin died. Hmm. Hmm. Boris Weird. Yeltsin was an aide to a member of Stalin's uh, inner circle. Huh. Weird. So, I mean, at some point, will the Chinese people rise up and figure out that, yeah, there's a lot of us that are going to die, but we can overthrow this government? Will that day ever happen? Maybe, maybe not. I have no clue. I don't put it past the Chinese government to nuke their own own citizens. I mean... They will. It's, uh, they put, I've been doing a lot of, like, research on this one of, like, the propaganda, how different countries uh, do their propaganda and everything like that. I mean, we do our own propaganda, too, to the fact of, you know, making us look like we're high up here and everything like that. But it, I went on a, a binge in North Korea's propaganda, how they they view. How, Did you see North Korea's newest video that they put out? No, not yet. You're gonna have to share that. With me. <laughs> oh my God. But <laughs> it, it, wow! I mean, we gave them uh, food and everything like that, and their response is like, "Hey, look what our dictator did." He got the Americans to give us food because they owe us something. Yeah, they treat. And the Chinese government do the same thing. And, and what's really strange is if you look at like their uh, historical stuff like that, mm-hmm. they've always done that to where it, people think like propaganda has been like a new thing. It hasn't been a new thing. We're always – if you look at the broader strokes of the paint strips, you can see the small um, unique details of what's actually going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm always saying that people who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So it, we're, we're just we're locked into this circle. And until people figure out that socialism and liberalism don't freaking work. Like, period. I, I, I really don't think that we're ever going to get to a point in human history between now and the day that our sun goes supernova. I don't, I don't think we'll ever... I mean, for as long as mankind exists, there's always going to be conflict. There's always going to be war. The escalation of violence... Is going to re- is going to maintain the same. It's just going to seem more. It's going to be, it's going to seem more extreme in the future, just because we have figured out more ways to kill people. It's just more efficient the way we we do it. Well, once we start colonizing other bodies in our solar system, and we start competing for territory, 
I think that our nationality quabbles will be set aside, and now we're going to start talking planetary quabbles. Yeah, yeah, basically you're talking about like the expanse and what. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, and I see see that that where that's going, but even even with the expanse, you know, used to, you, I mean, you I mean, see, even like in Total Recall. Well, even then, but it's like you're still noticing shreds of human decency coming out, and I think that it's going to ultimately take these quote unquote freedom fighters to. bring that that basic decency back and once once either they martyr themselves or they become martyrs or they win it's going to take a it's going to take an incredibly huge grassroots movement in order to instill that as something that is the governing you know uh, yeah the, the the governing theme and I'm not optimistic that we're going to see that at all. I mean, I'm, I'm a realist, if anything else. I mean, we're always going to fight. And hate is going to be something that always exists. We're never going to get to truly get away from racism. We're never going to truly get away from people wanting to not necessarily segregate themselves, but we're never going to get to a point where true acceptance of everybody is going to be a thing because and we're seeing it now with and I'm just going to call them the alphabet gang even even with the apparent acceptance that they've been given you know they say in some of the oh we've earned it you didn't earn a damn thing it was given to you you know i mean we <laughs> There's, there's nothing, I mean, there, there has never been a constitutional amendment, you know, keeping you or forbidding you from voting. There's never been any kind of constitutional laws that have kept you from doing anything. Or considered like uh, or, or even being, person. Yeah, being, yeah, exactly, that's where I was going. It, you, you were never considered a half person in no, the eyes like, of the constitution. It was like one sixteenth or some shit like no, that. No, it was half. It was half. Okay. Yeah, it was half. But gay people. What was one sixteenth? Was that the Indians? I think maybe. Yeah. But with I don't know, it might have been slaves being one sixth or something. Anyways, um, the point is they. It's never going to be enough for some groups or some some sections of our society. It will never, ever be enough. Ever. Because it's always going to be easier to wear that victim mentality. Because at some point, for a lot of these people that are out there, especially the louder voices... I'm normal. I was born this way. Well, A, no, the fuck you weren't. And B, it, it, you know, it, being a victim has now defined who you are. I mean, that that's who you identify as. You've identified yourself as a victim, and you don't know any other way to live. 
And you can say, well, that's because I'm a byproduct. It's a byproduct of society and it's oppression for the people of my lifestyle. I'm like, well, no, it's not. It's just because you find it easier to live in that hole knowing that you didn't do a damn thing to lift a finger for any of the acceptance that you've quote-unquote won, but you're willing to take freedom, you're, you're willing to take credit for all of that and still identify yourself as some kind of keyboard freedom fighter. Well, you know what, how about you get off your high horse, you get out there, you stop being a victim, you, you act like a normal, decent human being, and you go out and you contribute. Be a part of the solution quit being a part of the problem and it's this victim mentality that's that that's now become a part of the problem yeah the one thing that got to me like uh parplex is uh there's a preschooler on tiktok right now saying it was like uh i'm gonna teach kids in preschool about sexuality blah 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 blah. i'm like no they're fucking kids shut the fuck up no it is not the schools it is not the government's responsibility to teach my kids about sexuality yeah that's my responsibility as a parent. Or the internet. <laughs> no, not even that. that. But no, it was a three-fifths law. Uh, three-fifths Three-fifths, that's yeah. what it was. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so, you know, it, it it's... It, the, the problem with the Chinese doing what they're doing... While we may look at it as being something that's atrocious and, and being something that is somehow new, it's not. It's really, really not. No, it's it's been going over since the dawn of time, really. Since man first realized I can be stronger than another person and get them to do whatever I want. Yeah, and, and ever since ever since there was an alpha male... And a beta male, and on the other side of the uh, the gender equation, and yes, I'm saying other side. I am implying that there are two genders. If you don't like it, that's just too damn bad. Exercise your freedom of choice and just navigate away from our page. I just use fucker. But with, I mean, there's always going to be an alpha male, alpha female, beta male, beta female. Just an X and a Y chromosome, you know, but... Ever since we've established that there's alphas and betas, somebody's always going to feel superior to the other. And when the betas decide that they want to bow up their chest and stand up to the alphas and either win win, win in sheer numbers or get in a sucker punch and then just stomp, curb stomp, you know, whatever. Plug in your own euthanism. But one side's always going to be fighting for dominance over the other. That is why we're going to be in constant conflict for as long as the human race exists. Yeah, because there's always going to be a bigger dog. Yeah, I mean, that's and and that's a lesson that that I mean, as parents, we need to teach our kids. And it's not a lesson of violence or anything like that. It's it's one of the you know when you get a job, be the best that you can be at that job. Yeah, because there's always going to be somebody younger, faster, smarter, and better. Than you, than you are. It doesn't matter what the vocation is. For anywhere from athletics to resurfacing concrete, there's going to be some freak in nature that is just measures in light years beyond anything that you could have imagined possible as far as talent level is concerned. Yeah. 
the, the, the one thing that keeps us uh, normal human beings, us, us mere mortals, um, employed and functioning is the fact that, you know, talent may get you on the field, but it's tenacity, practice, and practical application of the other two that win the game. Yep. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and call it for today. Yeah, sorry uh, we're short on comedy for this one, but you know what? Yeah, I just, I, I honestly, I don't like bullies, and that's what it, it really is. Yeah, speaking of bullies, it was on the Wichita Falls Rants and Raves page on Facebook. Um, let me get in here. And we're getting into the Our Town segment. Yeah, right. Um, somebody posted and they were like, hey, what's your thoughts on this? And they, and they took a screenshot and it says, parents, how do y'all feel about this? Crap, come on. Parents, please stop sending your kids to school with the idea if someone hits you, you hit them back. You are part of the problem. And then this person with the tag name, um, at Tristan Adele Gay, i.e. Dr. Pe- Dr. Pepper Mom. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. If my kid asks your kid to stop bullying him or someone else and they don't, my kid has full permission to rock your kid's shit. I'm not even sorry. I agree with that mentality a little bit. I've always taught my kids that there are three types of people in this world. There's sheep, wolves, and sheepdogs. I have tried my best to raise my kids to be the sheepdog because it's never okay to start a fight. But if you're standing up for the little guy, you better damn make sure that you finish that fight. Yeah. Because at least as far as my family's concerned, being in the military is kind of the family business, so to speak. And I would and it's a family business I would love to see be put out of business. Um, and it's not that I'm discouraging military service or anything like that, but I just I don't want to see my kids. Get traumatized, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to have them go through, because the level of trauma that that, that soldiers, sailors, marines, and even airmen of the future are going to experience. I I hate that you put, even airmen. (laughs) You know, i got to get that rib in. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the the traumas that they're going to experience are going to (laughs) be, in in essence, the same thing, but it's going to be that much more egregious because... We're going to become that much more efficient at killing other human beings. Yeah. And then we're going to get to the point where we're going to start throwing people out of airlocks, shit like that, you know. But. God, I want to be in part of that one. <laughs> you want to space somebody? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, I do. To, to see if either they explode or if they just freeze? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Anyway. Like, how are we going to kill this guy? Boop. But the the fact is, is that or the point is rather, is that we've always been a family of sheepdogs. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, just like everybody else, you know, we've got the bad apples in our family. You know, you've got those bullies and then you've got those people that just love to be walked all over because they don't know anything else. Or it's just easier for them to, again, play the victim as opposed to stand up and stand up for something. Yeah. You know, what is the saying? If you don't stand for something, then you'll fall for anything. Yeah. You know, so, it, and, and, and that's what I've tried to teach my kids. And, you know, there, there was even a couple instances where 
you know, my youngest son, Reagan, he's got Asperger's. And he was getting picked on at school. And his, his brother, Colin, overheard it and stood up for his brother and ended up having to put his hands on another kid that was giving, giving his little brother hell. Yeah, he got in-school suspension for it or whatever and had to go sit in another classroom separated from the rest of the school for a day or two. But did he get punished for it at home? No. I mean, he got a talking to about it. But I, he, he stood up for his brother, and he did not let his brother be, be a victim. No. No, I've, I've found it's like uh, when people ask me, it's like, how do you how do you deal with your child? I'm like, have you ever tried talking to him? You know, just figuring out the information and everything. And, you know, give them, give them your advice. It's like, hey, or tell them, hey, try it this way. It, it works out better as a parent instead of, like, uh, seeming like you're going, oh, no, this is the way you have to do it or whatnot. I'm like, no, this is how, you know, society explain, explain it. Because just because you're a parent and everything like that, you're also their teacher. Yeah. You're, you're, you're instructing them how to live a life. And that's the operative term is parent. You're yeah. not there to be their best fucking friend. My dad always told me when we were growing up, I mean, my dad, I think I've told this before, my dad, when when I was younger, he said, you look up the word asshole in the dictionary, and in the margin you'll see a picture of your grandfather, and it'll say, see him. He was a flaming asshole. I joined the Navy, and I, 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 I turned it into an art form. And then my dad got to witness me chewing out a private one day. He looked at me, and he goes, you... You're an asshole. I was like, aw, thank you. You know, I'm a third-generation asshole, and I come by it honestly. Yeah, it, it, it's... You know, I mean, my dad was in the Navy for 20-something years. I mean, my entire... For, I mean, with the exception of maybe two, two and a half years of my formative years, I guess, so to speak, I spent as a Navy brat, and I got to watch my dad... Be a complete, utter dickhead to people that he was responsible for. I got to watch and witness my dad being an asshole directly to me. And, you know, I, and I'm not chastising my dad by any stretch of the imagination. That, I mean, just, I, I was, I know that you're going to find this hard to believe. I was not an angel. I was not a saint growing up. I needed my ass whipped daily. Okay, and I got it a lot, but you know it. I have found I have found that while there is a time and a place to assert that type of vocal grading, you know, I understand that. Kids today are built a little bit more gently than we were, and then the generation before us was tougher than we were. It's always going to be the next generation that's that's got it easy, you know. But 
Well, that's what like Andy uh, Snoff says. Like my class was the hardest class in all the Navy SEALs. Right. Yeah. But it, it's never it's never the other guys. Yeah. It's always, it, it's, it's always it's always my platoon was the badass platoon of the company, and we the set we set the standard. And and, and the the things that you experienced are always going to be the hard thing, right? What's really sad. The only person that I can say that and I actually believe is Jocko Willis, because he literally wrote the book for the uh, before he retired. How uh, how leadership is supposed to be conducted? Well, <sighs> kind of like World War II in its entirety. You could read. I mean, you could read every book that's ever been written about the subject, and you're always going to find that there's gaps in the information, and there's always something that's not being taught. Leadership is kind of a fluid dynamic like that. You have different approaches to leadership. And what I try to employ is a basic ethos, and, and, I, and, and it's the three M's. And anybody that I ever served with, and they know about the three M's. It's men, mission, myself. And in, in that order, you take care of your men or your people. They're going to take care of the mission, and then you can worry about yourself. Yeah. You know, simply put, if you're out on a movement and Joe Snuffy fucking didn't pack enough socks. Well, you reach into your assault pack, you give them, even if it's your last pair of dry fucking clean socks, you give them to him because you're not the one carrying the fucking machine gun. He is. Yeah. You can chew his ass out for it later, but... It's not going to fix anything. Right it's there. not going to fix anything there. You make sure that he's got the tools necessary to complete his job in the most efficient manner possible so that way he can plug the hole in that line he can get you know he can help accomplish the mission and then when you bring your asses back to the rear then you have him elevate his feet off the tip of mount everest while he's trying to do push-ups from base camp okay you i mean it, it and we affectionately referred to it like when we were back in the rear we're like because fort campbell kentucky straddles the state line between kentucky and tennessee mm-hmm. and there used to be two post offices there but um there was a a, a commanding general for the division who was told, make a decision as to what post office to close. Well, this general was from Kentucky, and he wanted to claim Fort Campbell for his home state, so he closed the Tennessee post office. So that's why it became Fort Campbell, Kentucky, even though most of the post is in Tennessee. Is in Tennessee. But I digress. So we used to say, uh, do push-ups until Fort Campbell's back in Tennessee, right? And then um, <laughs> there was one guy, he... Uh, Uh, it, I, it was a drill sergeant. I heard him say this. He was like, we were at Fort Benning, and he was like, uh, <laughs> he's like, I want you to do push-ups until, I want you to do, so I want you to do push-ups until, you know, it's like, until, like, because the drop zone for the Airborne School is on the Alabama side of the state line. Okay. Okay, he goes, I want you to do, I want you to do push-ups until fire disease back in Georgia. You know, we're just like, sucks you know but i mean you can always smoke a private fort later you, you know i mean me I've, I've always been a big big believer in, in physical punishment as opposed to paper because i mean counseling statements what do they do besides generate angst and just make somebody just generally a bitch you know? and they like, don't really realize how horrible it is until they're going up for review to get uh extra rank yeah all that aside i mean 
Yeah, you can threaten people with paperwork and like, oh, I'm going to write you up on a counseling statement. Like, okay, so you're going to do what? You're going to piss me off by making me read this, and then later on down the road, I mean, when you get when you get handed your counseling packet, say you PCS and you go to a different unit or a different post. I removed those things. Exactly, you can remove a counseling statement. Okay, whereas if you take the time to physically, um. If you take the time to physically train and correct a soldier, sailor, marine, airman, you're you're helping them, believe yeah. it or not, because you're giving them immediate negative reinforcement, but you're also helping them become to become physically stronger. Okay, because so if you have an argument and you have to go to the Connex box, they can take their shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's one of those. I've, I've only had like two conversations in the contact box. There's, there's, and a lot. There's always been. There's an adage that there's, there's two different types of privates in this world. There's the smart privates who get all the right answers and do everything right, and then there's the strong privates, who are the ones that are always fucking up and getting smoked. I mean, we affectionately created a third class of private, where we were the dumb, or we were the we were the smart, strong ones. We knew the answers. But we fucked it up on purpose just so we could get smoked. You know, I mean, but that's just the type of mentality of, you know, who we were, you know, as, as a unit. You know, it's like we enjoyed getting smoked. You know, we enjoyed getting smoked together because it was like we found it enjoyable. That's called masochism. No, we found it enjoyable. Whatever, man. It's called masochism. Well, it, it, bred, it, it bred esprit de corps. Why didn't you just tell them to grab the paddle and just start spanking? I mean, that is literally what you're saying. Other than you, you, all you had to do is go, hey, I'm, I'll do the right answer, but in the back of my head, I'm going to go to the gym and do some reps. That's all you had to do. But no, you had to have somebody else tell you to do that. Well, no, because, again, esprit de corps goes a very, very long way. No, you see, my dad was always so sweet and quiet to other people. Oh, my dad was the same way. And see have, now, and now, and now that he's a grandparent, <laughs> yes, it's, it's just so, like Bill Cosby said. You're like, no, no, no. She's just trying to get into heaven right now. No, no, no. Don't let her fool you. <laughs> you know? My dad, my dad is the same way. My dad, uh, all my friend, friends are like, oh, your dad's so great. He helps us out. I mean, and he did help out a lot of a lot of my friends out, and a lot of my friends like love him. And it's like, man, Dave. How can you be so mean to your dad? Really? Today was even the freaking day. I told him my shoulder, my chest was hurting because of all the weight I, uh, I was doing. And the fucking first thing he does is he takes his fucking knuckle and just pounds it into my chest. I'm like, mm! I knew that was coming. Fuck, I knew that was coming. No, to be fair, I, I was feeling a, a bit magnanimous when you said that you were sore. That was the first thought that went through my head. I'm like, I should slug him right in the shoulder. What is, what is with us with doing that? Because I, when you had said your hip was uh, uh, hurting and everything, I was like, huh, got a chance now. <laughs> I, that, I think that's the thought. I mean, I could hit your hip, but it would probably hurt me a little bit more than it would hurt you. Depending on how I, I mean, anyways. Yeah, I mean, it, physics would turn around and just completely go out the window because you would hit my hip and end up on your head. 
see where you went there. Uh-huh. And we're just going to end the conversation before we get into a verbal <laughs> argument, before we, like, almost, like, we're, we're live on camera. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Dude, I did, I did, we did it, I think, the last time I, uh, uh, I tussled with a friend of mine, just, you know, friendly tussle and everything like that. And the fact that you're using the word tussle or tussle? Tussle. Ugh. Okay, anyways, go ahead. Fuck off. Anyways, I was, I was trying to be nice and sweet and everything mm-hmm. like that so everybody would actually think that I'm an actual human being. But I think it was like 26, 27. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the time frame where I realized I'm never going to freaking rust around ever again. Yeah, the last physical altercation I got into was... 16, 17 years ago. It's really ridiculous how much you realize. It's like, yeah, no, no one I'm going to carry a gun for the rest of my life. I don't want to fucking wear myself out. <laughs> I mean, I, I will get into a fist fight. You know, I'd rather not, but I, I mean, I'm and not afraid you're to talking, get into a fist and fight. And you're talking, you're, you're like talking to people to get out of the fist fight, and you're like, seriously trying to get out of the fight. I was like, no, nah, dude, dude, you don't want to do this. Because you know how much is going to hurt you, even though he's going to go down. You know he's going down. Hey, even if it's I lose that you. fight, they are going to absolutely know that they had to earn that one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and if anything else, it is going to be a teachable moment for them because they are most likely going to end up bloodied and or maybe possibly is missing an ear. You know, I mean, because it only takes 25 pounds of pressure to remove the ear from the from from a human head. You know, it's another spot that I really, uh, really love hitting too. Uh, not not punching, but getting at to mm. is right here. You can control a fucking human body, man. Just grab it up, pull it back. Or you just get a palm strike to the solar plexus, and you can make their heart skip. Yeah, but it just it. it Certain things are just easier to grab and everything. That's one of them. Or if you're going to hit somebody with a knuckle, hit them right there in the xiphoid process. I already had that fucking today. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, I'm talking about that little piece no, of No, no, I know what you mean you know? because I had it today because my dad did it today. Oh, he hit you right there at the fuck bottom yes. of the sternum? Ooh. I love my dad, but he's an asshole at times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so we, 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 we can we, go ahead and wrap this up. And, yeah, uh, we've covered enough. Um, we're going to shoot our sports episode tomorrow, and we're going to commiserate. in Because uh, as of right now, we are 0 for 3 out of the four picks so far. No, and no, the no, second no. half And the second half just started in, 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 in Kansas City, and the game is tied at 14. I'm really hoping the Bills pull this one out because I don't want to go 0 for 4 for the weekend. Yeah. Anyways, but I am David Dickerman. I'm Johnny Skelton. And don't forget to check out our prize uh, for the Psychos and Sociopaths. You know, it just dawned on me. I'm looking at the shot right now, the live shot. Mm-hmm. Look, look, look at the bubble bath bottle. I did that on purpose. Yeah, you did? Very mm-hmm. nicely played. Very nicely yeah, played. I did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And if, if you were going to do it, you needed to do it a little bit more purposely see that 
You got your dick and balls, and you got the uh, lotion right next to it. Okay, right, the yeah, lotion yeah. right next to it, and the way that I arranged it, right? I turned the bottle. I know it says the righteous butter, but now it just says the righteous butt. Oh, dude, See? that is fucking awesome. Right there, we go. That is awesome. But anyways, thank you all for watching, Maria. Since <laughs> that's the only one watching, watching right now. <laughs> See, I'm watching you change everything around. It's so fucked up. But thank you for watching. Love you guys. And I'm David Dickerman. I don't love you hoes. I'm Johnny Skelton. And boom. <laughs> Thank you for watching.